This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If Vsauce has done anything, it has given to young people a certain level of curiosity. The three of y'all are the reason I even got into this. Is it a more real thing to your dad now than college was? Their associates send them videos. This kid is so smart. You should check him out. It is me, their <laughs> child. <laughs> I remember the first time I downloaded TikTok was the first time ever in my life that I felt old. I got on it and I'm like, what the f are these kids doing? How do you take a topic that's so big, something like democracy, something like gender, and come up with four minutes that's useful about it? Most of the oppressive forces in this world is really because they have a lack of understanding. And if I can use my gift of synthesis to broaden understanding, then hopefully that will broaden empathy and thus create a better and more functional world. Hey, welcome to the Create Unknown, the home of Make Something Means Something. It is TCU's day. We are here live on Discord every single Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern. We're still kind of getting over, getting over or working through this, this, this COVID stuff. You know, I feel lucky to even be awake right now because it's been intermittent. Uh, my yeah. consciousness has been intermittent. Uh, I'm Kevin Lieber and with me as always is Matthew Tabor. Yeah, it's like every hour. Every, no, no, no. Every two hours, we alternate. The first hour, you take a Benadryl. The second hour, you just take like a big gulp of NyQuil. And you just mm. do that all day long. That's what this is. That's yeah. what this is about. But we've managed to come back. We're back on the schedule. And I, I look today and we have like seven guests booked out, don't we? We do. We do. We have a great summer of guests uh, at kicking things off uh, next week with the one and only Psychic Pebbles returning once again for, I believe, his fourth appearance on TCU. So that is Number a four, yeah. big one. Make sure you are here for the recording next Tuesday. But our summer of TCU guests kicks off with our guest tonight. That's right. Right now. And we talk about a lot of old things like the beginning of YouTube and what VidCon used to be like and decades of creative work through five and a quarter inch floppies and cameras that used actual tape. We like to think it's part of the unique charm of this podcast. We've seen it all and we continue to see more like Charity Croft, who exemplifies the next wave of creators on all the platforms that we've been talking about over the last three years. Charity's got a hint of Michael Stevens in that he asks the big questions in densely packed videos that paradoxically would be as relevant 2000 years ago as they are right now. Does democracy really exist? Are you rich or are you a slave? Are men and women equal? Charity blends information with entertainment fueled by an infectious energy that is at the heart of the genius factory. That's definitely one of the best Patreon names we've ever come across. But that's what Charity's about, drawing the genius out of you. He described his philosophy better than we can when he said knowledge is infinite, love is infinite. Thus, they have both fallen infinitely upon me. It is my duty to spread them both infinitely. He does that on TikTok, YouTube, and in his original music. We did an entire episode on networking and how to do it, but it turns out that the best way to meet creators is to be trapped in a van with them. Charity, can you confirm or deny that? 
We were trapped in a van, certainly. Yes. <laughs> it was not as horror movie as it sounds, but, you know, it was like minor suspense thriller, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> we should have made it. We should have made it high stakes in some way. Yeah, somebody would have had to die in the van. Mm, then it would have been like a right. whodunit. And it would, that definitely would have been yeah. Kevin, for sure. Yeah. It definitely would <laughs> yeah. have been me. That's what we should have. <laughs> Kevin should have died. There were the, 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 uh, the not not the that bat. Kevin should have died. Kevin would have been the killer of I'm the person the that died. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. I suppose we could have killed the driver. I mean. The driver it, seemed it, nice. They didn't have nothing yeah. to do with it. <laughs> Then we would have crashed and then we all would have died. It would have been over very quickly. It it has to be something less high stakes, like a hamster died in the car and who killed said hamster? Oh, yeah. Then it's like a Saved by the Bell episode all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny uh, because... We mentioned, you know, we we were back last week uh, for the first time because we missed a week because Matt and I got COVID at VidCon. So we missed a week after VidCon. We came back last mm. week and we talked a little bit about the the vans, the shuttles that you have to get in yeah. and, and, you know, uh, creators have to use in order to get back and forth uh, b- between the convention and their hotels and stuff like that. And it was such a funny moment for me because, um, like I, I explained in, in our our podcast last week you you get mixed in with people who you don't expect it's not like a group of you go together and you hop in a car it's like okay you two you two you know is there room for one more pop in there was room for one it's more like a theme park ride it, yeah it like is. getting in a line at a theme park ride. literally yeah. was it thrown is. in there last minute it, it, it is so so we're in our roller coaster car and you get thrown in at the last minute and then i'll essentially just throw to you and let let you talk about sort of what happened next, which was very funny. And I'm like, Vsauce! <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, what up, bro? He, he wasn't he wasn't in normal uh, Vsauce, like, hey guys! He wasn't in that energy. He was in super like, what's good with you, folk? Like, he was he was a G when he when I walked in there, and I'm with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I got in there, and yeah, I told him that him and Michael and as much as it hurts my feelings, I'm forgetting the other member of Vsauce's name, and his videos are exquisite, and I hate that I'm forgetting his name. What is his name? Uh, Jake. Vsauce. Jake. Oh, yes. Jake is amazing. His production value on his videos is insanity. But, uh, but yeah, though, uh, anyway, I was just telling uh, Kevin just like, wow, like, the three of y'all are the reason I even got into this, and Hank and John Green. Um, yeah, I was actually, I may have not told you in this much, actually, side note, before I get into this story, Matt, thank you so much for that introduction. Most people tend to like ask you to send like a bio over or some shit, and then they just read what you say about yourself. But I love that you- people. That's lazy, isn't it? if If a podcast asks you to do that, they're asking you to do the heavy lifting, immediately cancel. Immediately cancel and then like send their shit to the spam folder. Like put one of the yeah. email filters on so you never hear from them again. But no, like if somebody can't uh, give you like 90 seconds uh, before talking to you for an hour, what are they even doing? Yeah, And not even giving me 90 seconds as far as like that, but as far as the fact that of even or- in order for you to create that 90 seconds, it requires you to delve into my content in some way or form. And I think that that's a beautiful thing and I appreciate that. But yeah, cool. so Thank I... I saw Kevin in the van and I was just like, I wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for you. And then it's, for me, it's a very surreal moment to be put in the same suburban as you. It's just like, oh, I am (laughs) next to a person that I idolized for so long. And like, again, the voice and the way in which y'all created y'all work, um, yeah, it's, it, it, it lended towards my voice, my curiosity. Uh, every uh, One of my favorite quotes is a quote by Albert Einstein. He says, I wouldn't consider myself particularly genius, just passionately curious. And if Vsauce has done anything, it has given to young people a certain level of curiosity, that as well as the Vlogbrothers. And y'all are all the OG YouTubers. And yeah, so my first ever video was literally just swagger jacking the Vsauce style. And it was a video uh, <laughs> literally called, uh, it was called, Is There a God? And the whole concept was scientifically proving the existence of God in uh, less than five minutes using like, you know, a bunch of science nerdy stuff. And um, 
I posted that video when I had 526 followers, randomly posted it on, uh, this is before Instagram, on Facebook, and it got a million views in a week. And that began the trajectory of my career. So I can say with no, with no gas, with no hyperbole, with no exaggeration that I literally would not be here if it weren't for you, Kevin. And I'm grateful for you. That, 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 yeah, that blew me away. The whole, the whole experience really blew me away. That's why I really wanted to have you on here to hear more about your story, honestly, because in that suburban, we only had a, a couple of minutes <laughs> really to chat. And, yeah. and, uh, I would love to hear more about sort of what you were doing before you got so interested in creating online videos yourself. And, uh, you know, it's been a few years now, so five years now. So sort mm-hmm. of sort of like what your journey has been since then uh, to to running into each other in a in a car at VidCon. What's interesting and and I love this part of my story is that um, it started with depression. So I went huh. to uh, I went to two different colleges. So long story short, I've been to three colleges I got kicked out of two and dropped out of the third. So me in college has never fit. And uh, recently, within the last two years of my life, I learned the term autodidact. And uh, I'm sure y'all are already very familiar with said term. And that is who I am. So long story short, when I got kicked out of the first college, I have a particularly uh, hyper-masculine, I would say, father. I love him dearly, but he's very like, a man is supposed to be blah, 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 blah. And uh, as a result of that, when I got kicked out of college to him, it was like, well, what's your value in this world? You're not working. You're not in college. You're not making yourself better. So he would speak to me in ways that honestly just made me feel like a failure. And my mother kind of did the same too. And then of course, my own concepts of what manhood is, what success was. Long story short, I fell into a deep, deep, deep depression after my first college. And in order to essentially distract myself from my uh, terrible thoughts that and ideations that I had in my brain, I would just distract myself with YouTube videos. And then I stumbled upon you guys. And it was something out of my dream and dreary days that gave me some excitement. And I was just like, wow, this is interesting. And then I just started nerding out on YouTube videos. And then I discovered the concept of the secret and law of attraction and manifestation and the idea that you can you can create the 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 you can create your existence to a certain degree if you just begin to think in line of what you want rather than being swallowed in all of the fear and the chaos and the terrible things about what you currently are and how your car- life currently looks and then i learned about quantum physics through michael and all of these things that aligned with the law of attraction and what is the universe and all of these things and then that honestly gave me just an energy and a spirit and a and a joy and literally kind of helped move me out of depression. And then once I finally had gotten the understanding of all of these kind of scientific, spiritual truths, I'd say somewhere on the intersection between science and spirit. And then there's another quote, uh, I think it's about Tesla. And uh, it might not be about Tesla, but I think it's about Tesla. Um, it says that um, technology uh uh, fairly advanced enough cannot be distinguished from divinity and this concept that there's like there's this there's this fine line between the scientific and the spiritual and and all of you all break that down so well and that kind of made me into a new person um and then i was just like you know what i could make one of these videos just on some random board shit million views <laughs> <laughs> crazy <laughs> changed my whole life crazy at this point it's like 150 million views later, 200 million views. I haven't, I've lost count. Yeah, that that's amazing. And I'm glad that you brought up sort of the, the wellness aspect of things because it, it's sort of what we like to talk about a lot on this podcast is setting up creators to be successful and mm-hmm. sort of these, the, uh, the scenarios around, I mean, look, we, we spent a while talking about this, um, this glass pitcher idea. Uh, I think it was last oh, yeah, last yeah. week or, or two weeks ago. I don't remember um, where essentially when it comes to creative energy, each day you start with a full pitcher of water, of, you know, wa- mm. the water being the creative energy. And then throughout the day, mm. different things happen to kind of diminish how much is in your pitcher. And it's really important to to be able to contextualize things 
that way. And also, I think it's really important to recognize that in order to get, like, it sounds so cliche, but in order to get things, you really have to give things. And that, that's a big part of what I would, I, I like to sort of preach for lack of a better term on this podcast is like, that's what makes something mean something is, which is the catchphrase we use for the create unknown. It's like in order mm. to mean something, there are many ways you can go about meaning something, but one of them, uh, and, and this pathway is, is really aligned with creative people is to make things, to create things, Absolutely. to, to share yeah. you, share yourself with other people. And, and no matter what sort of interests you have or what skill level you're, you, you're currently at or what skill level you'll eventually be at, there's always a place for it. And there's always someone out there who will be affected by it. And you never know who that is. But I, I think that everyone should recognize that that person is there. They're out there mm. and their mm. life will be better for you sharing yourself with, with them. That's a fact. Put down your can of Hyper Hydro Monster and your Crimson Berry White Claw. It's time to rethink the beverages in your life. We drink a tremendous amount of tea, working on videos, recording the podcast, but we don't drink normie NPC tea. We drink cultured and refined anime tea from the Dragon's Treasure. They've got a gunpowder green tea called Space Cowboy. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know why Kevin likes it. And I used to chew gunpowder green tea leaves when I played baseball in the 90s. I love the stuff. Dragonwell Z, Samurai Chai Plu, Black Teas, Herbals, The Dragon's Treasure describes itself as a haven for anime and tea lovers for a reason. They've even got a tea called Uwu. It's got apple bits and cocoa nibs. It's crazy. I bought the 60 tea sampler pack as soon as I could. I wanted to try everything. It's that good. And when you order from The Dragon's Treasure using the code CREATE, you'll get 10% off your order. That's 10% off using the code CREATE at thedragonstreasure.com. The link's in the description. Look, find me another place that sells Russian caravan tea with a name like And Then Everything Changed When the Fire Nation Attacked. You can't. Thedragonstreasure.com, 10% off when you enter the code CREATE at checkout. The link's in the description below. Get brewing, Space Cowboys. Yes. Um, I, got, I, I got a question for you real quick. Um, it did, it, now, that, now that you've shown how really how, how good you are at all of this and the impact with, like you said, 150 million views, whatever. Um, is it a m more real thing uh, to your dad now than, than <laughs> uh, college was? Like, has that gotten any, any better? Oh no, it's, it's so much better. And, and, all, and that used to, I used to have a certain level of resentment for that. Uh, I don't know how into uh, hip hop y'all are, but it's this Rick Ross, it's this Rick Ross quote. And it was just like, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. And that that whole concept is about like, yeah. when he said you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, I think he was doing like a Kobe Bryant metaphor about like, you know, people love to get around you when it's championship and you don't want a championship, but they yeah. wasn't with you in the practice shooting the shots when right. you wasn't nobody. Now, again, this is my parents. These are my parents. And really, they just want the best for me. That's what parents want. Sure. And, and we as creatives have to understand that oftentimes, our vision isn't for our parents. They can't see that. They don't even have the 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 the, the wherewithal or the the capacity to see what we can see. Their brains kind of don't work. And I'm not saying that from a hierarchical standpoint, but just like they just have different minds. Saying that to they're say they're not familiar with it. They're yeah. not familiar with it. So me being a kid, my parents are uh both in their mid to late sixties, right? So the concept okay. of their child becoming successful on the internet is like get a job you dig what i'm saying it's like what they're yeah. on you dig what i'm saying like yeah for real yeah and so and, uh, i can see the the college thing they look at that and think okay this is the avenue this is the that way that works take. this is the this avenue, avenue that has works. shut down Absolutely. now there's no avenue and so what are you Kevin, doing was it gus johnson was it gus johnson's grandmother who wrote him a letter begging him no, to no. quit? Uh, was that gus william osmond's grandmother yeah oh william mm. osmond that's right oh wrote yeah. him a letter yeah, begging him that, to quit uh same, youtube and yeah, to stay sort of in thing. engineering school i think it was wow yeah. right yeah, and they just, it's, it's like, I know it's awkward to talk about, but the reality is they are, they, they are familiar with a different system than, than what is available now. Absolutely. And it's, um, 
I know it's something that a lot of people, like I've had conversations, I'm not going to call anybody out in the discord, but I've had conversations with patrons, people in our community. This is really common where somebody wants to do music or YouTube or, or animation and you know, their parents are like, no, this is this is not the way you do anything. And it's out of concern. I'm so happy that you said that they love you and want the best for you rather yeah. than it being like this, this cruel, you know, hammer Absolutely. smack. Um, they, they really do want these good things, just like William Osmond's grandmother did. Uh, but wow, is it is it hard? And and you must have you must have plowed through it. You must have done it anyway. Oh, to answer to answer your question, I, I didn't even answer your question, my bad. But to answer your question, mm. now their friends send the videos uh their or or not even their friends like their their associates here's the best thing their associates send them videos like this kid is so smart you should check him out it is me, their child. <laughs> you, you dig what I'm saying? And that happens all the time now. Like random people, random people send them videos of me. You'd love this kid. <laughs> and so now it's completely a viable thing. And I just moved to LA and they see that it is successful and it is lucrative and all of the things. So mm-hmm. I'm not dead. I'm surviving and I'm thriving. And they're proud of that now. Mm-hmm. But it took them a while. They had to see, they had to see the evidence to be frank in terms of of monetary stability yeah yeah right just to be frank that makes it real to them i mean it makes it real to anybody you know uh, whenever there is some sort of mainstream report of an online creator it's always just how much money they make there's Mm -hmm. there's nothing that ever gets talked about otherwise because money is the language that people who don't understand the language of being an online creator well they understand Mm -hmm. Money. So when, when you run an article that Mr. Beast makes X amount of dollars a year, people are like, oh, wow, I understand that. Why don't um, you give me a YouTube channel is what they is where they go for now because they look at it as a hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, you alluded to something I wanted to follow up on. Um, are your parents not creative people? To, uh, are you like a, a an outlier in your family with with your creative output? Uh, certainly an outlier in my family. Also, I'd say that there is just something and not to make this a racial thing, but there is there is a certain thing about black people where we we are a creative uh, culture. So they love the arts. Right. But are they makers of the arts? No, but they are absolutely uh, deeply fond of creativity, but they aren't creatives themselves. No. But, uh, you know, they 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 love music. They love thinking they love knowledge they love all of the things but they they were raised in in this structure and this in this um matrix if you will of go to work you know pay your bills have a vacation every now and then and raise a family have a house and die you know yeah, right, yeah. Uh, i mean i and i yeah. don't mean that i swear i don't mean that from a hierarchical standpoint but that is just that is the, yeah. the that is what that is what they imagine life should be. And for creatives, it isn't really the, the thing. So I wouldn't call them creatives, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's something yeah. that I want to start asking our guests regularly. I don't know why I haven't, because it is something that's really interesting to me. Because uh, like in my family, my father is extremely, extremely creative. Like he really? is pretty, pretty much as creative <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. as that word gets. Yeah. 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 I don't think I know another adult like in my real life who yeah. is who who I would label creative more than your dad. Word. That's yeah. so cool. Now, yeah. now interestingly yeah. enough, my my father can draw super well. He taught oh. me how to draw. Yeah, so 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 again, oh. he is creative. He's not a creator. And I would say that those that's yeah. there's a distinction there. Like he can draw really well. He's the first person that even taught me like little how to play the piano. Like he wrote like the the letters of each a note on them so I can remember the notes. Like he brought me into so much things. My sister is who raised me into music and made me love it. All of these people in my family, my sister dances. My mother is great, great at interior design. My family is very creative, okay. but a creator is someone who sees themselves as this is not only is this a thing that I enjoy, but it is a thing that I must there, there's there's almost a, an undertone of becoming. There's an undercurrent of like, this is purpose for me. In order, I Who am I if I do not create? I think that is a this distinguishing factor between a creator and someone who is very creative. All of my family is creative. Yeah. 
No, it is the bug. It is the bug. It is it is the disease. I call it the disease sometimes <laughs> because we you find yeah. it in uh, almost everybody that we talk to is exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. It's that like mm-hmm. you get itchy almost. You get it's like spiritually itchy if you're not making things. The spiritually <laughs> itchy. <laughs> it's so perfect. That is so right. But my God, what a horrible thing. But it's, it's exactly true. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Well, um, Charity, I want to get uh, kind of more specific with you and your and your content. You know, one of the things that I noticed that so so you know we were at VidCon. It was a total like TikTok takeover this year, which was mm-hmm. very very different than past years. Uh, so that was really interesting for Matt and I because uh, you know Vs- we we have uh, uh, Vsauce to TikTok, but we're not TikTok like people. We're YouTubers. You know, first and foremost, that's what we know. Uh, I've right. noticed on on your channel that uh, you haven't uploaded to YouTube in about four months or so, um, and but you're you, you know you're going strong on TikTok. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on the different platforms, uh, your outlook on kind of like where you see your content thriving, and also uh, one of the things that we came across at uh, VidCon was a lot of TikTokers looking to get into YouTube. But uh, it seems like you've decided to almost go the other way and focus more on TikTok. So so lay it on us. Uh, what do you think about the state of these platforms? I have a lot of thoughts about about this. So here 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 are my thoughts. Um, so here's the thing. I started doing more long form videos again, a la all of the work that you all have done. So I did like five minute, four minutes, six minutes, seven minute videos, really diving and delving deep into the stuff. And uh, I primarily was doing it on Facebook because again, the, 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 the distinguishing factor between YouTube and everything else is because YouTube is a search engine and everything else is a social media. Meaning on YouTube, I have to actively go look for some shit unless it's recommended to me. And on every other social media, it is served up to me and it is recommended to me by my friends. And so there's a certain exponential growth that is available via social media that just isn't available on YouTube. It, YouTube is just about consistency. I got to post every day, every day, every day until gradually, gradually. Now, it might have been in the early, now again, you're OG. So maybe in the early days when everybody took YouTube links and shared them on Twitter or YouTube links and shared them on Facebook and or MySpace, then maybe there was a, there was that shareability growth factor. But again, when these when these companies came out, Facebook, if you if you share a video, a link to a YouTube video on Facebook, it literally shows almost never in the algorithm because it doesn't want people to leave out of the Facebook website. We know this is just how because these platforms are based on keeping people on the website. That being the case, I started off uploading my long, long form videos natively to Facebook. And in 2015, when I started like I got the chills. If 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 I if I can say one regret I have in life is that I didn't go hard enough in 2016. It was the greatest as far as social media algorithms are concerned. It was the greatest algorithm in the history of time was 2016 Facebook. Like every video that I posted was getting like 15 million views and like 70,000 shares. Like stuff that's like literally unthinkable currently. And if I would have yeah. knew now that that was something that was uh, a limited resource that was going to go away, I'd have posted every fucking day. You dig what I'm saying? But yeah. I just, I wasn't aware. You you just feel like, oh, this is just natural. So I'll do another video in a month or so thinking this is never going to go away. So I was doing like two videos a month when really I should have been doing two videos a day with that type of algorithm. Long story short, that exponential growth started there. Since the advent of TikTok, and I would even give, you know, honorable mention to Vine and some of the predecessors that kind of started the short form content when TikTok really turned up like it did. And everybody's just like, oh, shit. I remember the first time I downloaded TikTok was the first time ever in my life that I felt old. I have never felt <laughs> old before. <laughs> I have never felt old before. I got on it. And I'm like, what the fuck are these kids doing? And why do I want to watch someone do this? And they get 10 million views. And it's just like, and it's seven seconds of nothingness. And so it kind of was scary for me at first when I first got on the TikTok. This like 2018, 2019. It was scary for me because it was just like, how do I transition to this short form thing? And so life just kind of just went. 
And then one day I was about to tweet something. This was a day where like a trans person had got like assaulted and beat up. And then like all the commentary on the internet was just like, uh, I don't, you know, I, I would never hurt a trans person, but uh, that's still not a woman or a bunch of stuff like that. And then I was Yeah, just, when the butt comes into those statements, it always goes badly, doesn't it? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So so that <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Situ- that situation happened and I was and I was about to make a tweet about it. But instead of making a tweet, I was just like, Well, this is a little short, quick statement that I can say. Maybe I can do a video. And I was like, quick public service announcement. I know that you think that you're helping trans people or I said something like this, but actually you speaking negatively against them is leading towards some death or, or whatever I said. It's, it's perpetuating the violence against them. I said something like that, but I yeah. said it in like a short form little 11 second thing. And it got like 300,000 views, which again is nothing compared to that older Facebook algorithm. But still, this is before That's that. It's a lot of people. Uh, that was crazy for me on TikTok. And I was just like, oh, I found a way to do something that still is a value because I guess that was was the scary thing was that you feel like in this short form video and I'm going back to your question. I know I'm going real tangential, but I'm going back to your initial question, Kevin. But I, um, you feel like making something short almost like sucks out the 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 meat of of actually something of value. And then I figured out, well, no, there is a way to say something valuable in 30 seconds or less. And so I started really getting into that. And then essentially Facebook and Instagram and everybody else realized that TikTok was the thing. And so now the algorithm doesn't support long form video at all. And so now you're basically forced to do reels if you want any type of reach at all on social media. You're forced to do short form content, which is now, to answer your question, Kevin, sending people back to YouTube because people miss hearing something at length. And it's just like you're just not getting that on social media anymore. Again, when Facebook video was happening in 2016, we were watching a nine, 10 minute video on Facebook. Now that's just not happening because it is it is a necessity for them to compete with TikTok and all of this short form creation. So saying that to, to be said, I think that TikTok is here for our exponential reach and for growth. But I think depth, which is just as valuable as width, right? Width, how many people know you, but depth, how they feel about you. I think that that community thing is something that really only still exists on on, on YouTube in that way. Like I've built a, 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 a quite a community on Instagram, but I would say that if we were to give like a value to each each social media, I would say like, TikTok is silver, Instagram is gold, but I would say YouTube is still diamonds. And so you can have less followers on YouTube, but still have much more value, make more money, have a better community because long form gives depth in a way that short form can never. That was a very extended answer, but that's my answer. What are your thoughts on that? That was such a good answer, though. <laughs> such a good answer, because I actually agree with with all of it, uh, because it is complex, you know. <laughs> well, well, Matt and I have been talking a lot lately about uh, needing to sort of be everywhere. And you sort of identified in a way that we haven't before why that's so valuable. Um, and that's because uh, there are it's almost like different levels. I don't know. I'm trying to piece this through my head in in real time, but I could see it almost being like a little staircase and you get something, you know, on each step that's that you can't get on the other one, but they're all important to sort of getting you where you want to go. Um, Because yeah, Instagram is now just TikTok. I mean, I saw I Justine make a tweet complaining about this um, a couple of months ago Hmm. where you you open up Instagram and and it's just all TikToks reels. essentially. Yeah. yeah, it's all yeah. it's all reels. It's the whole thing. And that's what Facebook wants now too. But you're right, at the end of the day, at some point you gotta eat lunch. And, and I never understood how people do TikTok and lunch because I guess <laughs> they just eat with one hand and then scroll with the other. But to me, uh-huh. it's like YouTube is for lunch. Okay. Yeah. You gotta sit uh-huh. down and like click on a nine minute video to watch. Wow, that's you, a beautiful metaphor. Yes, I'm listening. Continue. It's a beautiful metaphor because literally whenever I want to eat food, I turn on either YouTube or Netflix. That's why that's so beautiful because it's, that's, I swear to God, that's hilarious. That's perfect. 
We want to help you make something and mean something. And we say that phrase all the time because when you're making something and you know it means something, even if it's just to you, that's when you feel pretty good about what you're creating. The support for the Create Unknown in recent weeks has been incredible. Animators, artists, musicians, YouTubers, aspiring filmmakers, comedians, it is crazy how talented everybody in this community is. Consider joining the Create Unknown Patreon. Every dollar that comes through goes straight into the podcast and its community. That means more highlights videos. It means a big Minecraft project that's on the way. And eventually we'd like to manufacture custom piss bottles so you never have to leave your battle station. And being a patron unlocks participation in all of our live recordings. You've seen the roster of guests we've had. Having access to their minds is a unique opportunity. You can go to patreon.com slash thecreateunknown or click the link that's in the description. Every little bit helps and your support means absolutely everything to us. Patreon.com slash thecreateunknown. Links in the description. We appreciate you, Space Cowboys. Uh, Matt, what were you going <laughs> to say when I, I cut you off? I I don't think I can. I don't think I can say it. I'm thinking about all the different activities uh, uh, with the different platforms because it, like you're not going to watch Netflix when you're taking a shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> that's like that's like a quick short form like TikTok slash Tinder. How many relationships started during bowel movements? <laughs> On the That's toilet? my question. Oh right? man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, who who got swiped in the middle of it? But but no, I mean <laughs> there's <laughs> <laughs> there are so many boyfriends and girlfriends with that secret yeah. that they're never going to tell. No. Um, but no, there, there's something that fits, you know, these different, um, different types of content. But, you know, as after we met and I started looking at all of your stuff, what astounds me is you're just uh, charity. You're talking about doing, you know, these 11 second videos and these short videos and then longer ones and deep dives. Well, look, your deepest dives are still about things that, like I said in the intro, we've talked about for 2000 years. Mm. So a four, you know, four minutes on the Bible, on democracy, very on short, race, right? on gender. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, it, relatively speaking, those are, you know, a millionth of a second on a topic that's massive. How do you, how do you take a topic that's so big, something like democracy, something like gender and, and come up with four minutes that's that's useful about it. I appreciate that question, Matt. Yeah, I actually had a conversation with my sister about a year ago. Uh, and it was kind of, you know, we as creatives, we can have imposter syndrome or whatever the fuck. And then I was just like, you know, I don't really have any talents, Nady. And then <laughs> she was just like, what? And I'm just like, no, I legitimately don't have talent. All I do is regurgitate shit. I read a lot and I and I learn a lot and I I am an, I am a, I am an obsessive learner obsessive and side note I would say a big reason part of the reason why I got kicked out of college is because I would be on YouTube all day learning ironically <laughs> but uh yeah I am a, I am an obsessive learner and I told her that I don't really have a talent because all of these quote unquote educational videos and this content that I create is really just me regurgitating a bunch of shit that I've learned from books all over the over time and videos and whatever. And then she said, well, that is a talent in and of itself. Your talent is synthesis. Hmm. Mm, yeah. And that just, I, I had never considered that what I am good at is taking a bunch of disparate information from a bunch of different sources and kind of like squishing it all together and giving it in, in a way that is digestible. And I didn't even realize that that concept is a talent. And I'm also a songwriter and producer. I'm literally in a recording studio right now. And it's just like, even when I make songs, I'm like, well, how would like Frank Ocean approach this if he was in the studio with the Arctic Monkeys and Fergie? And then I just do a song <laughs> that sounds like Frank Ocean, the Arctic Monkeys and Fergies, which is really just a clusterfuck Frankenstein of a bunch of different people. Back to the beginning of this conversation, Kevin, when I said even the way in which I do my videos is kind of like this blend between the the snappy quick speaking that uh, Jank, uh, Hank and John Green do and the very inquisitive kind of uh, Vsauce nature. My videos are kind of an amalgamation of both of those. So to answer your question, Matt, um, I guess we all are, 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 
developing our talents over our life and some things just come to us. I didn't even know that I understand how to synthesize. I understand how to take the most meaningful chunks of huge concepts and just kind of give you that 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 little bit that was enough. You know, so even though, like you said, 2000 year old conversation, we're not going to talk for 2000 years, but maybe I can take 2000 years of study and give it to you in five minutes through a synthesis of 20 different sources. So all of my all of my work is a is the equivalent of research papers, if you will, but just made in a way that's funny, you know, and interesting because I just and again, I can't take credit. I I am not trying to gas you up, Kevin, but so much of this concept of synthesis and to take a bunch of different tangential subjects and then, oh, and now that we're talking about that, what about this? And notice how these things all relate to this one thing. I literally stole it from Vsauce. So y'all already know the answer (laughs) of how to do this, Matt. I stole it. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me let me gas you up for a second, because I was I was going to let you finish before. I threw like a red card and just say that I've seen you rap. You have talent. <laughs> You're very good. You. <laughs> Your music is very good because a lot of YouTubers also think that they're musicians. For and sure. some some of them are, and some of them are phenomenally talented. Uh, James we've had, Marriott's a good example. Oh, uh, James Marriott is awesome. Yeah. Uh, we've had se- several. Um, I love Rusty Cage's music. Uh, Rusty oh, Cage yeah. is coming back in a few weeks, by the way. Uh, he'll be with us uh, in, in August. Uh, charity though, you're like legit. You, it's Thank like you. legit. It's not like <laughs> amateur hour. Like, yeah, I also think that I could do some music. It's like, oh wait, this musician can also make informative YouTube content. It seems like <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> it, it is the other way around. I've been rapping since I was nine. Again, all right. I, there you go. I found YouTube videos and this whole concept when I was like 20 and I dropped out of college and was depressed. You dig what I'm saying? But I've been rapping since a child. Yeah, no, that was, that was my first love is music. And it's still my first love. Like I'm literally, after this, I'm, I'm about to... Oh, crap. Knocking the mic down. But after this, I'm literally about to record a session here in the studio. So like for this artist that I'm writing for. So that is still my baby and my primary concern. But I am passionate about this work of of speaking to people and and explaining things because I realized that I think that empathy is the most important thing on Earth. And I think that empathy is a direct result of understanding. Most of the people that most of the hatred, again, you, you, I talk about these concepts, gender and patriarchy and capitalism. Most of the oppressive forces in this world aren't because people are just inherently pieces of shit, but it's really because they have a lack of understanding. And if I can use my gift of synthesis to broaden understanding, then hopefully that will broaden empathy and thus create a better and more functional world. So that's my purpose. You know, that's the story. That's the story with your dad. He didn't have the understanding of what you were Mm. doing. Mm. You broadened that vision and now he has empathy for what you do. I mean, it's, it's a specific example of exactly what you're talking about. This is not just conceptual stuff. This is pretty much how, how everybody lives. Absolutely, Matt. Yeah. It's amazing to me how many YouTubers have this underlying musical interest ability or talent that that's another thing that that i almost feel like we should start a list of youtubers who do, who, who, who don't who don't dabble in music because the percentage is, is like shockingly shockingly high and i don't know you know what the correlation is certainly the rhythm like having that rhythm within you of mm-hmm. uh of of creating music is can be very advantageous and useful when creating a rhythm for I know I know a, you can a rap, video. Kevin. As fast as you be talking on the videos, no, I know no, you can no, rap. No, 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 steal my my lyrics and then you actually make them good but uh i'm interested there there was a time yeah get ready to uh to produce a song about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and hot dogs no 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 no. if i could jump in on that on that point of stealing kevin if i can there's there's a very 
I've used the word still a bunch of times in this conversation. And to anybody who are, who's listening to your podcast, I want to say this. I have chills as I'm about to say this. Still. <laughs> still. There's a book called <laughs> Still Like an Artist. Because, and so I, I, yeah. I very unabashedly and unapologetically say, yes, I stole this from this person, this person, this person, because what is art if not an amalgamation of all of your of your inspirations? You know, so I feel like good. There you go, my nigga. There you, got you go, it right, right the there. Yes, yeah, yeah. still <laughs> like an artist. That's a magnificent book. The very concept it's of amazing. The, all that's all art is, right? There is nothing actually new. Everything is some type of an innovation of something else, right? And again, so much of all the things that y'all talk about at Vsauce is curiosity. And when you get curious, and I and to even answer your other question about why so many YouTubers be rapping and be making music, because I think we're just obsessively curious and creative. And so we need to go all the different places. Let me ask you, Kevin, do you have any interest in any other creator fi creative fields? Oh, all of them. All of them. Yeah. Mm. So uh, before uh, before YouTube was a thing, I, I, did, uh, I did comedy. I did improv comedy. I did a little bit of stand-up. I did comics. I did satirical essays. Uh, then I did music. Yeah. So I did music for uh, several years. And uh, then I did short films. I did some animation. Um, then I, you know, I've been doing YouTube now for a decade. And what I'd really like to do uh, once I have a time too? is my book. Yeah. So I have yeah. started writing a novel, uh, but I'd like to do that yeah. full time eventually. Beautiful. You're a lover of words. And that's what we all are. Yes. Yeah, we love definitely. words. Words and ideas, yeah, uh, and kind of piecing things together and sort of presenting them in in new ways. Um, yeah, I, a long, long time ago, I decided because I, I I really love experiencing art as well. I love music. I was obsessed with films for a long time. That's what I went to school for. Uh, but at at one point, I actually made like this sounds weird, but I made a conscious decision to sort of slide the shifter of making things higher than consuming things. Mm, so mm. I don't really watch a whole lot of movies anymore. I don't really watch a whole lot of TV shows. Um, cause, uh, cause literally I made that conscious decision that it's like, I'm going to put more effort into making than consuming. And that, that, that was sort of a deal that I made with myself, mm. you know, uh, probably 15 years ago. Wow. And you've been creating, you've been creating. Mm -hmm. hey, Charity, I, I had a question I, I should have asked you a, a lot, a lot sooner, but what was in your mind when you started on a, like the traditional college path? Like, what were you trying to do? What were you studying? Where did you see yourself going before all of that changed? <sighs> so like the thing that, that didn't work out, what was that? Uh, there's a quote by Mark Twain. Again, I, I'm, I'm I just regurgitate shit. So but there's a quote by Mark Twain that says, I'll never let my schooling interfere with my education. And, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. and, uh, yeah, I like so many of us, you know, it's like, you know, my parents didn't have money. Neither of them went to college. My sister who was 11 years older than me did go to college and she does have a successful career. The irony is that, for years, my sister hated what she did, but she okay. what was more important was to not be poor. And my parents, you know, they didn't have money. And so it was just like it was like do this or or be a failure is how it's kind of marketed to you again. Like college is this thing that's 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 I would even say evangelized to us, you know, and it's okay. just like if you do not do this, then where is success for you? You dig what I'm saying? And, or, or at least, like I said, a lot in the black communities, you know, it might be different in other communities where there might be more entrepreneurial tilts. But in, in the black community, it's just like you trying to make it out of here. You better go to college. You dig what I'm saying? And again, maybe yeah. the younger people, we think, oh, we can be a rapper or or play a sport or something. But still, our parents even look at that as real as unrealistic, even though we we know that black people tend to over index in music and sports. It's just like even still, it's like, but no, go to college. So saying all this to say I was going because what else am I going to do? Am I going to be a failure because I haven't become a success? Again, that's what I was trying to do was rap. I haven't become a successful rapper yet. So it seems like this is what I got to do. 
long story short, I went to college for music business because if I'm going to be in music, oh. at least I should learn the business aspects of it. But because yeah. my ultimate goal, this is a huge aside, but it, it's it's an, it's a related tangent. My ultimate goal is to start a school and completely uh, uh, restructure the way in which human beings are reared. Because I, I feel like schooling mm. is essentially an obedience programming system that to put us in a uh, capitalistic labor force. And I even feel like that's archaic due to technology and most jobs that are labor intensive are going to be non-existent within the next seven years. And so there's going to be a necessity for people to actually learn about creativity and innovation and a lot of the things that y'all teach about. And so my ultimate goal is to create a school structure in which people like me can be successful because I'm literally my whole public facing image is I'm known for being like super smart. And the irony in that is that I almost didn't even graduate high school. I had like the one of the lowest GPAs in my entire class. And that doesn't mean that I'm not intelligent, but, but at the time I was seen as unintelligent. But the reality is that I'm just not fucking good at school and following directions and all of the things that are, that kind of exist in the kind of authoritarian capitalist structure of school, which actually isn't making, uh, more intelligent human beings, it is really just uh, raising obedient w- labor force. And that is that doesn't expand us at all, which is, again, why I'm such a fan of the work that y'all do, because y'all really teaching something rather than just... And y'all, y'all are teaching how to think rather than what to think. And that's what I care about. You know, something that jumps out at me as is um, <clears throat> Kevin and I were the other day going over uh, some... Uh, analytics, demographics, just, you know, the general stuff yeah. in, in the YouTube studio. And it's such a sig- significant percentage of people who watch these videos are not school-aged. They're mm-hmm. beyond that. They're older. They're in their 20s. Um, and it, thinking about why why that is, is, is pretty interesting because it's like people are going down the path that charity that you're describing where it's like, yeah, we, we want to learn about a thing. We want to think about a thing, which is distinctly different from that system uh, that's in place. Now we're out of that system. We're 20 something. We're adults. We're in our thirties, whatever it is. And, uh, yeah, now we're finally free to pursue these topics. People actually want that. They enjoy it. And when given the opportunity, they'll do it. I agree completely. Yeah. And it, it also is really important to have, uh, like, like you said, the, it's hard to find sort of mentors in the entrepreneurship space. That That's for sure. Mm. Especially as the sort of online creator thing is still really in its infancy. I mean, that was one of the reasons that Matt and I even wanted to begin this podcast was at least to make some sort of dent in like having useful conversations about what to yeah. do uh, when you're trying to live a life like this as, as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur and as an online creator and starting your own business and you know whatever it is man paying your taxes uh, having health insurance <laughs> starting a uh, we were yeah an IRA we were having know. these conversations every day because it's all the stuff that Kevin just listed all those nuts and bolts meat and potatoes things that make up your life. We were having these conversations with each other and with other people. And we're like, Hey, uh, a lot of people would benefit from hearing these. Mm. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do this. Let's hit the record button and do it officially. Yeah. But, but you're right. It, 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 it also can be difficult for highly creative, like, like capital C creative types to fit into that mold you're discussing. I mean, I certainly remember when I was in school, uh, it was, it literally wasn't until maybe my second year of college where I started to find a little bit of a groove mm. in terms of being like, oh, like I can excel in these courses that actually reward creativity. <laughs> Whereas that was never on the table ever, never. ever, ever <laughs> in any class that I ever took all the way from grade school through high school. There wasn't a single class, not Facts. one. That I took that rewarded creative thinking. None. They reward obedience and following directions and memorization, all of Rote which me- work memorization, good. Memorization, yeah. 
they all all of these work well in a in a Horace Mann, you know, his initial ideation of school, which made sense when when school was created, the the structure that we know now of K through twelve created by Horace Mann during the uh, Industrial Revolution, where a factory job was the thing to do. So, yes, get up at this hour, ring, move by the bell. All of these are meant to mimic what it looks like to be in a factory. And so the interesting, uh, to be frank, stupidity of the way in which our culture works is that we, we're obsessed with tradition. So that's the way school has always been. So it's still like this. You get up at this ring bell, you move through that. Everybody in a single foul line, it doesn't reward creativity because creativity doesn't work if you're a cog in a labor force. But here's the thing. The labor force is going away. Even Uber, bro. Why, why is it so much? Why is it so much to ask? For me to to ask you to sit down for half an hour and listen to me, <laughs> why, why is that uh, too much to ask? Like in a classroom setting. Oh, so you're asking what is it for me to listen to yeah, you, like as a teacher? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just in just in general, uh, like why is that such a bad thing? I don't think that lecturing and le- again, I, I can listen to people talk for a long time. I really like that. So I don't I, I wouldn't say that it's, it's too much to ask. I, I don't mind the lecture portion of it. What I mind is the lack of. So there's a book and I'm getting real sociopolitical right here, but there's a book called uh, The Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Uh, for anyone listening, pedagogy. Paulo. Paulo. Uh, Fr- you are the guy. You know all the books. I am, I am in. I am in your mind. I've been in your mind for 10 years. <laughs> you know the books, man. We don't even got to talk about it, but for those listening, because you already know what I'm about to say, for uh, for those listening, Paolo talks about the fact that, uh, so for anybody listening, I just don't like using big words and people don't know. Pedagogy basically means method of teaching. And so, and oppressed, obviously, meaning people who who are in structures of where they don't have the most resources and because of reasons beyond their control. Anyway, in this book, he explains how our current schooling system works in what he calls the bank deposit method, which they imagine that children are empty containers through which you just pour knowledge in or you just pour whatever you feel like they need to know inside of them. And that has been since school has been created the way in which we rear humans. But that is the that is the direct antithesis, and I would even say an obstacle to creative thinking. And what and what Paolo says, revo, uh, real teaching should be what he calls revolutionary dialogue, which isn't just 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 throwing stuff into the student, but actually having a conversation with them. And so the cool thing about why a lot of people go to YouTube is because when we make these videos, we don't just make them like a lecture. They're not lectures. They're much more interactive, even though they can't, even though the audience isn't speaking back to you, Kevin, you are still traveling with them on an exploration through knowledge. It is it is a thing that accompanies someone right They They are your they are your your passenger as y'all are both exploring some world of knowledge rather than the vessel through which you are pouring your self-bestowed imagining of what is correct inside of them. And I think that's the flaw. There's nothing wrong with listening, but it has to have a much more selfless uh, desire rather than the selfish desire of, I know what's correct. You listen to me. Elsewise, you're wrong. That is a direct hindrance to creative creativity. And one thing I would also say real quick about, uh, at least in in my experience, the 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 struggle, I use that word loosely. I guess the frustration that I had in school was, uh, I actually didn't understand that I was good at what I'm good at until mm. I got out of school. There wow. was no, there were no That's mechanisms yeah. within the structure of the public school that I went to to in any way harness. Or help me understand that I was good at anything. And, and I know that that sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's true. There, there, there were no opportunities for me to sort of explore my own skills, talents, like the things that I was better at than other people. Absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. There was none of it. It really wasn't until college where there were some classes that I finally took where I could stand out a little bit 
and sort of mm. be rewarded for my gifts. And that was a really big revelation to me that I, I that never happened in the, the samey-ism of every single class that I took in, right. in public school. It, 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 it like, looks sort of like charity, what you're saying, it kind of rewards the same behavior Absolutely. over and over, like regardless of what the subject is, it's the same uh -huh. behavior. It's, it's read this, memorize that, and then write it down. That's the, uh -huh. that's what one <laughs> skill. That's there are a lot skill. of other skills <laughs> that people have that yeah. are never explored. Yeah. There's, you, you know, there's a similar issue too at, with the people who the system does work for. I was somebody who functioned extremely well in that system. Mm -hmm. I, I was outstanding and I'm comfortable saying it yeah. at doing school. Um, however, I never came across people who, who were like me in the sense that they knew really kind of how my mind worked and, and like what my background was or anything like that. I was, I was out of school before I met those people. Mm. I was extremely lucky to bump into some and when that happened and i got to know them and they got to know me and i'm like oh there there are people who exist that that get what i'm about well guess what those people are not the ones who uh you know were assigned to me to teach you know 11th grade english mm. <laughs> like it just there's a total mismatch there so so it, it's strange when i look back and on paper this system is functionally functioning extremely well for me. In reality, hmm. it wasn't. Wow. It wasn't helping me. It wasn't developing me at all. And I had the same experience as Kevin in that went to, you know, a different setting and and found the people who worked for me. He found the, the you know, subjects and courses where he could flourish. I found people who could help develop me properly. Mm. And so uh, it, it's it's crazy when when the system doesn't work for somebody, it doesn't work. And when the system works for somebody, it doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it's a really depressing, uh, depressing thing, but you've got to have that that extra opportunity. And it is important too to realize that, you know, we talk about listening for 20 minutes while you're sitting in a, in a class listening to a teacher and that sucks. But you're watching a YouTube video for 20 minutes and it's awesome. There's something massively different happening there, even though in both cases you are sitting down and listening to somebody. Somehow they are not at all the same thing. They don't do the same thing to your mind and they're not as valuable. Absolutely. You know, one is clearly more valuable than the other. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Charity, uh, before we wrap up, you know, what's what's next? You know, uh, where can we follow your journey? I know you're in the studio right now. You're making some music. Um, tell us what we can look forward to from Charity Croft in the future. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, um, I believe I believe in words. Everything that has ever really occurred in this world of value has first started with someone courageously speaking words or writing words that thereby help to shift just even even if incrementally in a different direction. And so, again, conversations like this are remarkable because there are there is someone listening who feels inspired, who feels seen, who feels heard like, wow, I didn't fit in that, too. Maybe I can be a creator, some some person who might have existed within the systems that we're speaking about, who now through this very conversation feels some type of feels some type of uh, intrinsic push that may have been catalyzed by this extrinsic podcast to, wow, maybe I can create, maybe I can do something aside from this expected thing that was given to me. Saying all that to say, my purpose and my desire is to continue to use words to do that, you know, inspire change. We are all limitless. We really are. And most of these limits that we, that we are facing are either self-imposed or societally dictated both of which we can decide to expand beyond. Um, I'm writing a book about that subject, you know, shameless plug. And whenever that comes out, uh, y'all know, just follow me, Charity Croft everywhere, C-H-A-R-I-T-Y-C-R-O-F-F -F, as in Frank. And um, I'm grateful to try to continue to be a vessel for more beauty to enter the world. And I'm grateful for y'all. Awesome. Well, it, it was uh, it was a pleasure 
accidentally, serendipitously having the universe, you know, stick us in the same suburban at VidCon or else, you yeah. know, this, this might not, <laughs> this hookup might not have happened. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, real quick shout out to Chinchilla in the chat who drew a lovely portrait of you. And look, you know, now that you're drawing guest portraits, I, I might just hold you to doing one every single week. So you just opened up a can of worms <laughs> that you really? cannot close. Chintilla. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to draw everyone from now on that is your that is your gift that is your duty that you need to share with the discord with our community uh check out charity on youtube tiktok uh instagram uh look forward to the book when that comes out let us know and we'd be happy to share it uh we'll be back next week with psychic pebbles so you don't want to miss that until then we are out of here we'll see you space cowboys Thanks for listening to The Create Unknown. We make this show with the support of our patrons. 100% goes directly to keeping episodes going every week, and we've been shocked by all the new support this year. The world's ending and I'm late for work. Gib Tom, Sid Polk, Demetrius, Atrocious Guff. You guys really do make this show happen. Thank you to the Tots and Dumpster crew, old and new, who save tiny little lives every month. And thank you to our grizzled, battle-hardened child infantry. Jen Mefasanti, Kevin Menard, Mikhail Steinke, Risebread, Sean Malone, Triple Question Mark, Ryan, Kamikaze, Maria, Marco Sheep, Tom Videogre, Jelksies, and Dan the Latch. And a tremendous shout-out to our elite baby gang commanders. Linus and Trevstead, Boromir, Botdogs, Chinchilla, Isaac, Conrad, James, Andrew, Jeff Davis, Patrick Pister, Baseweight, Monahim, Dojangles, and Zero. You really are the elite. Thank you as well to our indentured servants, producer-editor Ben Webster, Discord Savior Ladderman, and producer emeritus Dan Yoshua. And thanks to Baseweight for the use of Created in the Unknown for the opening theme, and to Electro Voice for giving us mics to sound good on top of it. The Create Unknown is an unknown media production in partnership with Studio 71.